Hello and welcome to Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I'm your host, Andrew Moses. With me today, a very, very special guest, Jeff Grass, the chairman and CEO of Hungry. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks, Andrew. Excited to be here. So I'm familiar with Hungry, but so the so the audience for, for those in the audience that are not, what what does Hungry do? Sure, sure. So Hungry is really the first ever platform that connects companies, organizations with top local chefs to provide business and event catering. Um, or at least that's you know what we were as of a hundred days ago before COVID arrived. But uh, <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that whole pivot, which is really, 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 which is really, really fascinating. And you and I have talked about the fact that this show is called "Everybody Pulls the Tarp." It's based on a philosophy that I have that great teams are powered by individuals who contribute in unexpected ways. And I first learned about the tarp and pulling tarp uh, at my first internship. I worked uh, in the in minor league baseball for the AA affiliate of the New York Yankees. And on my first day, they uh, welcomed me to the club. They said, tomorrow we need you to bring some old clothes and stick them in a locker. And I said, why? Well, they said, you know, in the minor leagues, we need everybody in the organization to be ready to pull the tarp on and off the field when it rains. And I still didn't understand. And they explained to me that the field's the same size, the dirt's the same, the grass is the same as the big league clubs. But a big league organization might have 25 people on the grounds crew. A minor league club might only have four or five, six, maybe if they're lucky. So everybody had to chip in. And that lesson has really you know, stuck with me, Jeff, my entire career. I'm wondering, when you think back on your career, and we'll get into your whole career in a bit, when you think back though, or, or was there a job or an experience early in your career that really shaped you into the professional and leader you are today? Um, well, first of all, I, I love that that story because it, it really does kind of highlight, you know, the importance of teamwork and and everybody, you know, being um, humble. Um, uh, one of our core values here at Hungry is gratitude, and uh, um, and and I think you know it's it's about checking your ego at the door and everybody pitching in to to make a difference. But in terms of my, you know, looking back on my career, um, you know, I think everybody's shaped by each experience they have through life. Um, my very first job, um, uh, uh, I was a cook for Kentucky Fried Chicken for six months, and it was the, the most humbling and horrible job in the world. <laughs> um, but I think it, it taught me, um, you know, the importance of working hard and uh, sticking with it. And uh, uh, in and, and six months, when I was actually only 14 years old at the time, um, was a really long time. And uh, uh, and so I think, you know, things, experiences like that, I think, help shape you and 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 at least for me, you know, um, helps you you really you know understand and appreciate the importance of of, uh, of things like everybody pulling the tarp. So let's fast forward a bit from your days at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sure. You're, you're essentially a, a serial entrepreneur. I am, uh, you, you, and and it's it's you've you've worked on some amazing ventures. Did you did you know at Kentucky Fried Chicken that day that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you know at a younger age you wanted to be an entrepreneur? What, talk about that for a minute. No, growing up, um, you know, the concept of being an entrepreneur wasn't really something that um, I thought of. Um, it wasn't in vogue, you know, like it is more today. Um, my dad worked for the federal government, you know, his whole career. Um, so we didn't have a family business or something to, you know, think about that. Um, it actually wasn't until, although, although now that I look back, like I had started a lawn mowing business when I was in high school and I had done entrepreneurial things, I didn't think about the concept of starting a business um, until actually while at business school. So it was, uh, you know, not until my, 
my uh, you know mid twenties before before that really became into focus for me. So, uh, folks looking on at entrepreneurs, you know, m- many think it's it's very very glamorous and. It looks like a lot of fun. You you get to you get to um, hang out with cool investors. You get to wear uh, cool T-shirts, but there's <laughs> got to be more to it than that, right? Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, no, it's uh, um, you know I like to say tell folks who who think about starting their own business is being an entrepreneur is as much a lifestyle choice as it is a career choice because it becomes all-consuming. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that uh, once you're in the middle of starting a business, it's you're thinking about it 24/7. It's nights and weekends, um, and it's not glamorous. You know, it's it's grinding it out. It's figuring things out. It's um, it's failing a lot, and uh, and and really trying to make sure you're learning from things you try and what works and what doesn't, and making adjustments and uh, and really you know kind of you know, going through that process to, to leading you to sort of build a business and. And making sure you're you're getting you're surrounding yourself with great people along the way too. Do do you have a process as a leader for you know like failing fast as you put it, or or is it organic each time? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm a big believer in um, especially when you're in the early stages of building a business is you got to try things quickly. Um, you know, there's there's different sort of models out there and books on things like lean startup and fail you know concepts like fail fast, but. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in being very customer led. So it's about getting your concept into market as quickly as you can, uh, having, um, you know, letting customers help guide you and, and really trying to deeply understand, you know, what their needs are, you know, both spoken as well as unspoken. And so the more you can um, really get in tune with, you know, what the customers need, I think the more you can really make sure you're building a solution that has great product market fit. And that's usually when businesses start to take off. How do you rally your 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 team around you, you know, yeah. during those ebbs and flows. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a big believer in either mission or purpose, you know, driven companies. Um, this is a kind of a, a mindset, a philosophy that that I didn't start with with my first company, but now that with Hungry, my fourth, um, you know, it's it's much clearer for me now. Um, you, know, you ask sort of what Hungry is, but who we are, I think, is equally, if not more, important. And who we are is we're a very purpose driven company. Um, our core purpose is to improve the lives of everyone we touch with a focus on four key constituents. Who it's our chefs who are our partners on the platform. It's the clients that we serve. It's the communities where we operate. And it's also our team. And so um, having a very clear purpose and also being very intentional around culture um, is, is something that I focus a lot on as a leader here at Hungry. And I think that really helps um, you know, accelerate our, our, our success and, and really helps make sure we're we're, we're operating as a team. So speaking of operating as a team and, and listening to your customer, the COVID-19 crisis fundamentally changed how you, how you deliver your, your, uh, your business. Yeah. So talk about, talk about what changed uh, for a minute and, and how you guys went about adapting. Sure. So, you know, Hungry started kind of early 2017 in a little over three years, we'd grown to close to a $20 million run rate business. We were, um, you know, tripling sales every year. We um, had rolled out into seven different markets, um, and we actually just closed a, a new funding round um, this past February um, that was you know hugely successful and way oversubscribed. So we felt like you know we'd figured it out. We were on a great path. Um, the plan was to roll out in 23 markets by the end of next year, um, and then COVID arrived and. Being a platform for office catering and, and large event catering, um, 
is not so good in the COVID world. Um, so literally uh, over the course of a few weeks, our business just completely fell off. Um, uh, you know, sales are down, you know, 95, 98% um, from, from normal. And, uh, uh, and, and so we really had, you know, kind of a difficult decision to make. It was, you know, do you, do you fold and do you furlough or do you try to innovate your way through it? And uh, we chose the last option and it's been absolutely incredible to see how um, the company has responded, how the team has responded. Um, uh, so much so that we actually just posted our highest sales and profit month ever last month. So um, it's been you know, absolutely remarkable. Amazing. So I want to make sure I understand this. So COVID completely changes the business and then you, you have your, you, you proceed to innovate and have your best month of sales in the history yeah. of the company. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we've launched four new businesses in the last you know hundred days or so. Um, three of which that we're, we're big believers in and are really investing aggressively around. Um, and uh, what we have found is is that the platform we've created, which you know pre-COVID is as I mentioned, a platform that connects organizations to top local chefs. And so we have over two hundred amazing chef partners on our platform. We've built a very robust technology platform that has. Um, incredible logistics capabilities. And we've really found that our food production delivery logistics capabilities are, are, are pretty unique and, uh, and in high demand. Um, and it's led us to develop a lot of sort of services contracts opportunities. We just launched a partnership with the Washington Nationals where we're delivering you know, game day food to fans to their homes on, on game day. Um, we're now delivering over a million and a half meals to seniors and students in cities across the country. Um, We've also launched, um, you know, two other businesses that are really, you know, growing quickly now too. You talked about this decision you had to make: you either fold up shop, or you innovate your way out of it. Was yeah. did you did you give serious thought to folding up to, to folding up, or or was it or was that really never an option? You quickly moved that aside and said, "Hey guys, how are we going to figure this out?" Yeah, no, we had a, a board meeting that you know where we talked a lot about um, you know sort of the, the wisdom at the time was you know, cut, cut aggressively, cut deep. Um, this is going to take a while. So we have to conserve cash and, you know, we'll rebuild once you come out the other side. And, and if you look around, you know, that's what, you know, many, many companies who have been significantly affected by COVID have, have done and, and have had to do. Um, and so, you know, there was a very lively debate around, you know, do we, do we do that? Is that the smart call? And we said, you know, give us three weeks. And we have this idea. It was, it's called Hungry at Home, which is leveraging our chefs to create family-style meals that will deliver to people's homes, you know, as opposed to traditional catering. And um, our tech team, you know, you know, really you know, pulled out all the stops, nights and weekends, two weeks. They built a whole new website. We launched Hungry at Home. Our chef network team had worked with our chefs across seven different cities to develop new menus and things for for family-style meals that would be delivered chilled, you know, and. Uh, and we launched it and, and it got off to a really strong start. And so that then led to a regrouping with the board and talking about, you know, how's it going and, and what's next. And at that point, we've had a couple more ideas we wanted to work on. And so it just kind of, we kept sort of fighting our way through like, let's just give us a little more time, a little more time. And within a few months, um, you know, things really came together nicely. What's been fascinating to watch too is how how celebrities and personalities have, have used the Hungry platform to, to, to do their giving and, and their community service during this this time. I, I've seen countless celebrities who've used Hungary to, um, you know, donate to uh, uh, frontline workers or uh, hospitals, cafeterias, however you want to put it. 
it, it's been great to see you guys become part of that that culture of giving right now in particular. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's baked into who we are. Um, you know, uh, part of our, our commitment, again, is to a community where for every two meals clients order through our platform, we provide, we provide a meal to help fight hunger. Um, and so over the life of the business, last three years, we provided close to half a million meals. Um, uh, we're also blessed to have a lot of you know, celebrity investors. Um, Jay-Z is a substantial investor, Usher, Kevin Hart, um, some great names from the food space. And so when COVID hit, we really, you know, reached out to many of them and said, hey, would you like to give, you know, let's work together. Um, and that's where, you know, Kevin Hart and a chef Tom Colicchio from Top Chef and Chef Ming Tsai and others really stepped up and, uh, and helped to build, you know, awareness around it. Um, we formed a partnership with a local nonprofit to help enable contributions to be tax deductible uh, with a focus on feeding a lot of our frontline heroes, doctors, nurses, first responders, and um, and it's really taken off. We've raised, I think, $135,000 now from donations to help, you know, feed those that are um, uh, on the front lines. And so it's been pretty incredible and, and very thankful. You know, a lot of our celebrity supporters, you know, stepped up and helped, you know, kind of create that wave of interest. So you talked a little bit before about the board, the conversations with the board at the at the start of the crisis. You, you, you've got some great advisors. You've got some of the, you know some great you know investors, some celebrity investors, lots of different personalities, lots of different lenses yep. um, into the business and the marketplace. How do you go about kind of pooling all of that information together and and using it as a as the CEO and as the broader management team to make decisions? Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it, it's being open to input and advice. It's soliciting it, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, we don't pretend to, you know, to, to believe we have all the answers. And so um, it really is about leveraging those around you. And it's it's those, you know, in, in board and investor and advisor roles, but it's also our team. Um, you know, uh, another business that, that we've launched is what something we call virtual chef experience. And so our events team you know, really came up with the idea around, you know, let's go virtual, let's put on chef experiences that our clients can use to help fight, you know, the, the mental stress, you know, and toll that COVID's taking on their employees can help, you know, foster culture and, and teamwork in a world where everybody's, you know, operating, you know, separate from each other. Um, and that business is really taking off, you know, incredibly quickly as well. Um, so it's just, it's about, I think, being open and, and uh, to, to new ideas, and then just, trying to figure out which are the best ones and then, you know, really focus in on, on executing the best ones. So are there, are there small things that you do as a leader that you think have a big impact or you hope have a, a big impact? Um, so as I mentioned, we try to be very intentional around culture. Um, I'm not sure if this is a small thing, but we, we early on defined our core values. We have nine core values that, um, you know, don't just, you know, aren't just on a poster on a wall, but it's something we very much live by. Um, uh, and, and it's a mutual commitment. It's a commitment around this is how, you know, this is what we as a company believe is important. And this is how you can expect us to operate. And also when we bring on new people to the team, it's an expectation of, you know, this is the kind of environment you can expect and what we're looking for from you. And what we, what I believe is it just helps make it clearer and easier for everybody to be just rowing in the same direction. Um, you know, everybody just know, you know, kind of this is what's important here and this is how we're going to operate. And, uh, and, and it, it, you know, if, if it's not a right fit, that's fine. It just means, you know, hungry is not the right place. So we do lots of little things to kind of reinforce those values and culture. We have a always hungry award that we give out to team members 
who really exemplify one or more of our core values and kind of use that to, to really um, you know, highlight. Um, we do lots of celebrating of wins and successes as well. So by being so transparent during the hiring process in terms of what the culture is at Hungary, does that help you weed out folks that might not be a fit? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I will um, commonly talk with folks about our core values and say, look, if, you know, look at these. If, if this isn't you, like, you know, that's okay. No judgment, but this is not the right place for you. You will not, you know, survive here. <laughs> um, <laughs> we actually have, um, uh, a, you know, every new employee signs, you know, reads and then signs kind of our, our core value statement, which again, it's not just what we're expecting from them, but it's a Here's what you can expect from us. And if you ever find the company is not living true to any one of these nine core values, it's your job to call it out and 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 raise it to the leadership because we have to fix it. And uh, uh, and that's happened too. You know, sometimes you know you kind of get a little off off track, and um, and so it just keeps all of us you know on the same page. And and uh, and 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 so far, I think it's 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 been you know incredibly powerful. It's helped keep the team, I think, very motivated. It helps keep us all, you know, working together, you know, in a really powerful way. So what what inspires you, Jeff Grass, the the serial entrepreneur, CEO of Hungry? What keeps you going? Yeah. Well, obviously, um, I love, you know, starting and building new businesses. I love the challenge of that. Um, I also, you know, get really inspired by businesses that can, you know, leave our our world a better place um, in the process or help make our world a better place in the process. So, you know, our commitment to giving back around fighting hunger. We also have a big commitment to environmental sustainability, um, you know, work hard on fostering an environment where, where our team is growing and developing. Um, we have a strong philosophy around promoting from within. So lots and lots of examples of people who came in in very junior roles who are now in leadership roles and in relatively short order. Um, so things like that get me excited. It's about, um, you know, building great teams and, and trying to accomplish, you know, impossible goals. Well, Jeff, it's been such a pleasure having you on Everybody Pulls the Tarp. Congratulations on all the success, the the, the amazing pivot uh, of the business here in the in the COVID uh, era, which so it, cer it certainly doesn't appear like the social distancing is, is going away anytime soon. So uh, the hungry at home uh, will be keeping us full for uh, a long time here. Um, well, best of luck in the future, Jeff. Thank you for joining. Everybody pulls the tarp. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it.